Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the What's going on guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper Playoff Recast. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So for tonight's episode, I'm only going to be talking about the Western Conference Finals game because sadly guys, I really apologize. I haven't been paying as much attention to the Eastern Conference Finals one as I, as I would like. And I don't know, it's maybe just a little bit of a lack of interest. Uh, I still am going to, I watched the first half of the Game 3 last night. But I'm going to watch the second half tonight, and then tomorrow we'll go live and I'll talk about that. So tonight I'm going to strictly talk Clip Suns and then the Euro Cup. What an amazing day for the Euro, in the Euros. It was just unbelievable. But let's start with the Clips and the Suns. Oh my god, guys. I'm sorry, before I go into like the chronological stuff... Wow. Just wow. I can't say I'm surprised. You guys heard me at the end of the last vlog. I said it in my car. We, it's not done. It's not done because we fight. And when the odds are against us, when we're down 2 nothing against Dallas, I thought we were done. We answered that call. We go down 3-2, game six, a hostile Dallas. You can't lose. Luka's not going to lose three games at home in a row, right? Wrong. We win that. Then you go to Utah. Down 2 nothing again. Win 2 again. Kawhi goes down. Win without Kawhi. Now, down 3-1. I said it. I don't know if I said this, but it almost feels better to be the one down 3-1 than up. I'd rather be the one down, honestly. Because I think it's like your expectations are shot at that point. And I've hated being up the 3-1. We've never closed out a series in five in our history besides 2006. And, you know, that was I just wasn't scared of that Nuggets team, but that's a whole different story. But let's get into the game tonight. So Zubats was not able to play tonight. He, I think it was MCL, they said. MCL or knee, somewhere in the lower leg area. And he couldn't play tonight. And Zoo's been having a really solid series, and he's the only big that has really been decent against Aiden. I mean, we haven't played Boogie all that much. And when he's played, he has been a little slow on defense in the pick and roll. And, you know, sloppy with some uh, offensive fouls, illegal screens here and there. But, you know, he did give us good minutes in game one. And you guys have heard me all season. I've always been a proponent of giving Boogie some spot minutes. Because he's a real skilled big man. And so we started out with no big men at all. Marcus Morris Sr. and Paul George as our tallest guys. Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, and Pat Bev starting together. And we started out with a zone, a little 2-1-2 look or like a 2-3 in ways with Marcus Morris Sr. and Paul George kind of alternating as that middle guy down low. And we really fooled the Suns into taking very they – the, they took the first look possible. You know, they didn't work the ball around much. Oh, Mikhail Bridges open for three after one pass. I'm going to pop that shit there in that zone. You know, one pass, one dribble, shot. It was just very quick stuff from the Suns. Every single one of them, Mikhail, 
Aiden CP book. And we got out and ran. And Chris Paul, got, I think it was he got blocked from behind or something. Missed his first two mid-ranges. We got out and ran. You know, Reggie Jackson. Even, uh, I think Terrence, when he scored those early in the game off that transition, he didn't have the best game tonight. Two of eight, four points. But, you know, Terrence is always going to give you that energy. And he's never going to be a guy that you get mad at for not trying. And that's why I love having him out there. Because unlike a guy like... Hate to, I don't like to, you know, shit on him because he's the he's the boy here in Clipperland. But Lou Williams, when he's not when he's not hitting, he's a total liability on that court. And Terrence Mann, at least, he's gonna give you that defensive side, kind of like Caruso for the Lakers in ways. But Team Man, man, he takes it to the rim. Caruso not dropping forty in a in a game in a playoff game, son. Anyway, um, I love the way we got out with that zone. You know, up like eleven points, forcing the Suns to call a timeout. We set the tone, and that's something that we haven't been great at in this series is starting games. And to come out and start like that, you know, when our legs looked tired last game, it was great. And Paul George wasn't even getting going in that first uh, quarter like that. It was mostly the other guys, and I haven't mentioned his name yet, but it was Marcus Morris Senior. It's been unbelievable, with Senior. You know, as a Clipper fan, I'd say we've been a little disappointed with his playoffs so far, but. He has come in in desperation time. Games three and four against Dallas, he came through. Games three and four in Los Angeles in uh, at the Staples Center when I was at, he came through. If I recall correctly, game four, I know he was he was great. Uh, kind of fading on. Yeah, I think he was good in both games from my memory. And then of course some big shots in game six. He played great in game five in Utah. That was the best game he played, I I believe. Um, and then. To come up tonight after having a very bad series being injured. He didn't look injured to me. So I think that excuse is going to go out the window. Now I think he's fine. If he can drop 22 points and look like what he did tonight. I think that we should be able to expect the, the Marcus Morris Sr. Even if he is playing with a little bit of pain. Because as I always say, you know, something I always grew up with and always said. If I'm hurting my team, I'm going to sub out of the game. So what I say is, if you're, if you're injured, if you're really hurt, don't play. If you play, no excuses. And Marcus Morris Sr. played it. Amazing tonight. He was dogging Devin Booker in the mid post, turning over that right shoulder baseline skill. We've been seeing that all season from senior. Haven't seen him much in the playoffs. He was great in that tonight. Even getting into the lane with a little runner, it was just, he gave you everything you wanted as a Clipper fan tonight. And I thought that, you know, up 10 after one. Devin Booker, though, Chris Paul, better games tonight. Devin Booker actually had a really good game. Like, especially in that first half, I thought he was just being very efficient and getting to his spots. And I think that some of them were still great defense by the Clippers, but D-Book's going to be D-Book, and he's bound to have a good game, you know, coming off screens, that elbow jumper. But I think we've done a great job of taking away that elbow jumper and those foul line jumpers for CP. He got more of them tonight. He had some nice crossovers in one-on-one with Marcus Morris Sr. tonight. But our switch everything defense... Ended up working with them because if we're being real, only one person on that team that was getting good amount of minutes tonight can break you down off the dribble. And that is Devin Booker. You'd think it'd be Chris, but he doesn't have that burst anymore, which who's been saying since the beginning of the season? Dime dropper. In the beginning of the season, because the Suns were a dime dropper team, I said CB does not have that burst anymore. All of a sudden, the media, as they do, come up with this narrative that he should be in the MVP conversation. Again, I'm going to repeat it for the trillionth time. Chris Paul is one of my favorite players of all time. Top three. Poster in my room. But I'm watching the games. Devin Booker is the best player on this team. And in this series, DeAndre Ayton has been the best player. But tonight, we'll get into that. But DeAndre Ayton has been the best player uh, on the Suns. 
I'd say Paul George after tonight's been the best player in the series. But Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton, you can make your arguments there. Chris Paul, it was much more dangerous when they had Cameron Payne. And Cameron Payne only getting 11 minutes tonight. I just think that, or 13 minutes tonight. I think from the Suns' perspective, Monty Williams, I just don't like the job he did tonight. 36 minutes for CP3 when, when uh, campaign's getting 13 and campaign, I know I don't like, you know, plus minus is not the best uh, indicator, especially in with these sample sizes. Like campaign's only getting 13 minutes plus four. CB3's playing 36 minus 15. It's unfair, you know, the Suns lost by 14. But I still think that Monty, that's a mistake there. I think Ty Lue outcoached him tonight. And I thought that Boogie Cousins, when he came in in that second quarter, even though the Suns outscored us by three in that second quarter, Boogie Cousins was punishing Sarich like barbecue chicken. It was awesome. I loved it. And Boogie can't even get off the ground. But he still has got skill. He can get to his jump hooks, some runners. And, man, he's been fantastic. He has been he, – or he not he, – he was great tonight, I should say. He was fantastic tonight. Only played 11 minutes, but 15.7 to 12. A lot of that was in the first half. But Devin Booker was keeping him in it. You know what I'm saying? But here's my thing about the Suns. We had Boogie Cousins in for 11 minutes. And for the rest of the game, we had nobody 6'10 or over in the lineup. Just Paul George and Batum. I don't know. 6'9, 6'10. They're hovering around that range. You got a skilled big man. Top top five center in the NBA. Consensus. No debate in my opinion. DeAndre Ayton. And you're not feeding him the ball? Like, there's no scheme to get him the ball. He's 5-9. Like, let him eat in the post. He's been your best player all series. That's so disrespectful to me. I think DA also, you know, if we're going, you know, old school mind of thinking, he's got to be more aggressive. Go call for that shit. But you know what I'm saying? Chris Paul and D-Book run that show. It comes down to them in the end. And I just think it was slow. And they just didn't sit, you know, they didn't set the tone to me as leaders. Uh, Devin Booker was pretty good. CP... Maybe you think I'm being harsh on CP. I mean, his stats look pretty... Eh, 8 of 19, that's below his regular efficiency. 0 of 6 from 3, we were baiting him into it, and he was bricking like crazy. He doesn't get to the rim anymore. And quite frankly, I've been saying this for a long time. I just didn't have a podcast to say it. But I think Chris Paul is a great defender. Like, all, like historically, like he has very solid lateral movement. He's not the quick... He's not the best, though, staying in front. I'm not going to... He's no... He's no Tony Allen. He's no Walt Frazier, Gary Payton. Like, he's not that guy. But he's pretty, he's solid laterally. But even in his peak with the Clippers, I remember when he, we would play Russ, Tony, Steph, Jeff Teague. Man, go back and look at those matchups we had. Jeff Teague, he gets blown by by quick guards. Where he's great is he has some of the best hands I've ever seen. He has great anticipation. He knows exactly where the where the schemes the other team is running, so he's, he's a great talker. He's good in that respect. But to me, I've always felt just – this is my opinion. Not everybody can agree with it. But my opinion is the best defense is you, you play in one-on-one defense. You sit down, and you can guard. And straight up, CP3 – is overrated in that respect. Take it from me, who's a fan of his and watched him for so many years. Quick guards, no. Tony Parker used to freaking, besides 2015 when he was cooked, oh my God. I used to want to chuck my remote at the TV and break it, bro. It was terrible. But we were getting by him. Off the catch, he's closeouts, half-ass. He's reaching in, doing a bunch of bullshit. 
in my opinion. And I just don't fear Chris Paul right now. And you know what? He could close the series out. This is what he's supposed to do. You're supposed to have one good game, buddy. This is a 3-1, you know, lead. You've got to close this out. We're so uh, beaten up. You know, seven-point game at the half, and then the Paul George show starts. I mean, are you kidding me? And you know how it started? Him getting to the rack. I thought he was settling a lot in the first half, but he was getting to the rack. And then his jumper started falling. His three ball started falling. And that just comes from, you know, getting to the rim, getting easy looks, getting to the line, and then everything else falling. I mean, the efficiency of Paul George tonight, you know, he had some bonehead mistakes. Six turnovers is a lot. But, man, that third quarter, he was just unconscious. And I think the Suns made runs. That was the thing. He answered every single run they made. And that's what a superstar does, not what an all-star does. And I'm not saying, you know, I don't think PG's a superstar. Clipper fans may dislike that. I think he's got superstar talent, but it's the consistency that he lacks at this level. But man, oh man, that's a superstar performance, all right? And that may be his best performance of his entire career. I'm being dead-ass serious. He was just unbelievable. He sat out for a little bit starting in that fourth quarter. And the Suns made a little run at it. Devin Booker again. You know, CP3 was getting to his mid-range there. D-Book, though, he was pushed, leading that charge back in that fourth. I was starting to see that he wasn't going to go down easy. Again, though, DeAndre Ayton was pretty quiet. 10 points and 11 rebounds, but, man, they did not just, they just not, didn't get him involved that much besides him setting screens. And I think we did a pretty good job of taking away the roll. And we gave up. Some uh, We did a good job of sitting on those mid-ranges, honestly. We just did a good job of limiting, making it tough on them overall. You know, senior, Nick Patum, defensively, even Reggie Jackson. I, mean, I remember there was one play in the fourth quarter where D-Book was going to the basket. I think he was like, he could have cut the game down to like seven or five. It was a Paul George turnover, a bad turnover. Reggie Jackson goes up vertically, no foul, beautiful defense. D-Book misses the layup off the glass short. And then I think Paul George did his thing after that. And then Reggie made some shots to ice the thing. And the Clippers come out winners. 116 to 102, the final from Phoenix. The Suns blow a golden opportunity to make it to the finals in front of a raucous home crowd. Jay Crowder and Mikhail Bridges combined for nine points. And I think the Clippers did a great job of staying home and running those guys off the line best they could. And I just think that the Suns' offense is stagnant and slow with CP3 out there, honestly, compared to Payne. It's just slow. It's just basically booking CP3 taking turns running high pick and roll to me that's what it looks like to me and we switch everything sometimes we go zone sometimes we mix it up and that's why Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the freaking league Ty Slew my god what a guy what a job he has done and he he's the comeback guy he's done this 3-1 thing before he's done this 3-1 thing as the lower seed as well playing two games on the road and winning not saying that's going to happen again but we move to Wednesday night Game 6 ticket is activated, baby. You will be seeing it live on this channel. Man, oh man. I'm going to be at a Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals, dog. This is a dream come true. I'm so proud of this team, man. Win or lose Game 6. We've done so much. We should have won this series already, but it is what it is. 
Let's read the lines. Chris Paul, 8 of 19 from the field, 0 of 6 from 3. We would let him take those, and he just couldn't hit it. He just could not hit it. And oh my God. No matter what I say, I still love CP3 at the end of the day, guys. I'm going to be really harsh on him in this series, but I really, because the media's been riding him like a merry-go-round, guys. Come on. He's second team all NBA. No Donovan Mitchell. No Devin Booker. Jason Tatum not on that thing. I know he's not a guard, or I don't know if he is on that thing. Whatever. He's not had a better season than those guys. Not even better than Trey Young. I love CP3. His leadership is great. Like he, everything he's done, the effect is incredible. But just a player that he is, that's part of the player to me. But come on, we still gotta give more. I think on the court is more important first than the. The leadership and inspiring, you know what I'm saying? You gotta still are you better than D Book at basketball? I don't know. You can you can have your debates, man, in the comments. I'm not gonna do that on this. I think D Book's better, but I can respect your opinion because of the experience of Chris Paul. But I just think that for this matchup, just this matchup, Chris Paul may be great in another series, like he was against Denver. Great. But we got lengthy wings like Paul George and Nick Batum guarding the ball trying to take him out of his mid-range area and comfortable areas. We've been sitting on those elbows, sitting on that foul line that he loves so dearly that I watched him cash buckets for for us for years. The difference was with us, he could break guys down off the dribble because he was really fast. Like, not Westbrook, De'Aaron Fox, this level of fast, but go back and pull up that CP3 Hornets tape even in like 08 or Lob City 2014-15. He could burst off the dribble. Like, nobody's guarding Chris one-on-one back then. Now... He's trying to get to his areas. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to get to his spots. And that's the genius and skill of Chris Paul that uh, that he's been able to age so well, even with the injuries, is he's so smart and he's so skilled. He's a great ball handler. He has such good confidence. He keeps his dribble alive. Sometimes do a fault. But overall, I still love it. when people, you got to keep your dribble alive until you got the right uh, option to me. And CP... He shoot the ball from all three levels. Not amazing at the three line, but who cares? I mean, he's money from the mid-range. He's never been the best getting to the rim, but in his prime, he was a very solid finisher as well. And obviously, the passing is second to none. So, But CP, I don't know, man. He's not been great in this series, let's be honest. 22 points from him, 8 assists, 8 of 19, 0 of 6, as I said. DA, 10 points, 11 boards, 5 of 9. This is just not acceptable from DA, from the Suns. You've got to get him involved more, especially when we don't have Zoo out there. You've got to spam it. Make him get doubled. Like, come on, old school basketball. you got to simplify shit. So like, slow it down. DA gets a switch. We switched so easily on you guys tonight. Come on, Suns fans. We switched so easily on, these, on the Suns. If Aiden's got Pat Bev on him... Yo, slow that shit down. If they're trying to, if the clips, if we try to switch it, like while the pass is being thrown, you gotta take advantage of that moment that that switch is happening and get the ball to these open guys. So, the you know, I just think that the Suns gotta go. If you're gonna slow the pace down, if you're gonna slow the pace down, get the ball to the big man down low. Old school basketball. When he, you have the luxury of having a skilled big man that's very good one on one, very solid. He ain't no Patrick Ewing or Akeem Olajuwon, but he is very solid. One of the best in the league. Give him the ball. Nine shots. He's been the best player in the series for you. Anyway, Devin Booker, I thought he was really good. His field goal percentage didn't end up showing out very well. But again, I was looking at it from a more Clippers side of things. So Suns fans, you can let me know what you thought of Book's performance overall. 9 of 22, 4 of 6 from 3, 9 of 11 from the line, 31 points. 
And then Cam Johnson was great. Made the timely shots, made corner threes. He's he. I think it's going in every time he shoots that corner three. 14 points for Cam. Five of six on the field. Campaign, as I said, didn't get enough playing time. Five points, two of six, 13 minutes. Abdul Nader, nine. It's a little all over the place for Monty, honestly. And the Clippers, I don't know. The Suns, I told you guys. Suns fans outside the Staples Center, I told you. It's going to be 1995 all over again. You know what I'm referencing. Game six. We'll be there. Let's read the Clipper lines. Demarcus Cousins. 15.7-12 in 11 minutes. Nick Batum. Quiet night shooting the ball. Quiet. I thought he should have. A couple times I was like, Nick, pull that shit from three. But overall, you know what Nick does? Plays defense, rebounds. He got eight rebounds. Some big tips away from eight. And I thought we did such a better job on the glass tonight. You guys heard my vlog. No rebounds, no rings. I thought it was a huge problem for us. We didn't rebound the ball well enough in game four. So many second chance points for Phoenix. Tonight we cleaned that up. Paul George. He has been a monster on the glass. And you know what I always say about rebounds in this era? About how it's a bunch of open rebounds on long misses and it's not boxing out and all this shit. But in this series, keeping DA off the glass, PG has been after every single loose ball. So these rebounds stats are pretty, pretty like those 13 rebounds, honestly, he earned those 13 rebounds. It's not like inflated because his effort has just been unbelievable. And he's been in double-figure rebounds every game. And I don't think it's sagging off of guys rebound, like stat padding, like waiting for rebounds. I think it's genuinely just going for that loose ball. This is leading by example. Paul George, the guy that everyone has slandered. And everyone's fucking quiet when he doesn't play well. Show some respect. 41 points. 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 15 of 20. From the field, 75%. And mind you, these are not easy shots. Pull up threes off the dribble. He took CP3 to the cleaners. He took him to Chase Stadium down the street on that uh, step back. Three of six from three. Eight of eight from the line. Didn't miss one free throw after having free throw problems. Like, this is incredible. Mental from Paul George. What we've criticized so much. And I've criticized so much. Mental stability of a 13-year-old girl. Oh, my God. I regret that so much now. Mental stability of an elite player right now. He has a short memory for this. He's had so many, you know, he's had some tough games this playoffs, but he's bounced back every time. And no matter what happens next, even if he chokes game six, man, he has given his all. And he's been, I think he's proved so many people wrong this postseason. What a game from him tonight. He's been so aggressive going to the basket, even though he gets one of the worst whistles in the league. And Suns fans are going to be crying about he pushes off. Cry me a river, dude. Chris Paul is such a seller. Now I know how everybody else felt for so many years watching him play. Except when he was on the Clippers, he got a ton of hate, even though he was twice the player he is now, and people don't realize it. And he's now getting ridden around like a merry-go-round because he's not on the Clippers anymore. So Suns fans, I love you guys, but yeah. Take your L tonight. Suns in five. That's all I kept hearing outside the stadium. Suns in five. Suns in five. So now you're moving the goalposts again. Suns in six now. We'll see. I can see it being like a Toronto Raptors 2019 final situation where, you know, they have a 3-1 with a hostile environment, blow it, and then win in game six when everyone thinks it's going to go seven. 
I just don't hope that doesn't happen because I know there's going to be Suns fans there. And I'm not trying to, like, look at them celebrate. I'm going to be so down bad. We got to win. If we lose game seven, I'm cool. Chilling. It's fine. It's going to be tough, but I'll get over it. I'll be so proud of the team for even taking it to seven games without Kawhi and Serge. And now Zoo for, for a game. But, man, we cannot lose at home. Like, please don't lose at home. Please. Anyways, Marcus Morris Sr. just played so well tonight. 22 points. 9-16 from the field, 2-5 of five from 3. Reggie Jackson, he has just been a savior all playoffs long again tonight. The highest plus minus of anyone on the court for either side. Plus 21, 23 points, 8-14, of 14, 4 of 7 from 3, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and only 1 turnover. He was phenomenal. The Clippers win it. Paul George player of the game, duh. Anyway... Let's move on to the Euros. What? Some incredible games today. Spain, man. Five goals, two games in a row. Impressive. Knocked out Croatia, but defense looking a little bit suspect. I don't know. I don't think Spain's winning this thing, but what a goal by Morata, though. I mean, they were up 3-1. I thought they were going to roll that 3-1 lead. But that goal by Morata off the chest, and you know I'm critical of Morata because he was on Chelsea and he was just not great. Couldn't hold up the ball. No confidence. Blew a bunch of chances. And he's blown chances in this tournament too. But that was big time. Beautiful goal. And then finished it off 5-3. But the France game, what a game that was against Switzerland. Oh, lordy. <sighs> I don't even really remember the first half, to be honest. I'm, I don't remember the first half. But the second half was one of the craziest halves I've ever seen, honestly, in any international competition. And the great part was it was in uh, in Budapest. So it was – I don't think – is it Budapest or Bucharest that has full capacity right now? I'm not sure. I forget. But full capacity stadium, you know, Swiss up one nothing, And I love – I love – Games that are one nothing when there's a clear favorite and this and another team is parking it, parking the bus, which you know just for those that don't know is eleven like ten men behind the ball, just all def all defensive and waiting for counters because it puts a pressure on every giveaway, every cross for every player, and then the crowd starts moaning like it's it's just awesome. I love when the pressure's on the home team, or in this case the favorite was France, and man the Swiss totally looked like they choked the game away. Clear-cut chances, two of them. One, a squared ball, like six yards away, mishit, and then a penalty. A penalty. Silly tackle by Pavard. Mid I, at first, they, he just, the, the ref let it play on. But looking upon the replay, or upon the replay we saw, he didn't get the ball at all. And it just took him out right, the, uh, right when he entered the box. And Ricardo Rodriguez missed the penalty. And when Hugo Lloris saved that penalty, I think the momentum... Totally changed. As I always say, momentum in all sports, not just basketball, even in, in that moment. And that goal, that goal by Benzema, that first touch, Mbappe's pass was not great. That first touch behind him to set it up in front of him, two touches to the goal. Wow. Incredible. That's world class from Benz. And Benz is crazy because I remember the days seven years ago when they said they wanted him gone from Real Madrid. They were saying, oh, we want Falcao. Uh, but we're looking at different strikers to bring in. 
Man, Benzema's aged like fine wine. He's honestly gotten better to me. Let me know what you think in the comments, soccer fans um, or football fans from around the world. Let me know what you think. If you think Benzema these last three years has been like the best he's ever been because some of the stuff he's doing, he's playing with a different level of confidence. And man, that, that touch for that first goal was incredible. And then right after that, that second goal, what a move overall by the French. It was great movement by Griezmann. I mean, Griezmann looked like the Euro 2016 Griezmann today. You know, pass into the box, Mbappe back heel, back to Griezmann, tried to shoot, and then it was tipped into the back post, Benzema there. Pogba was also just incredible again. And then that third goal, oh my God. FIFA users, man, he had that finesse shot modifier right there, top bins, right corner. Oh my goodness. Pogba for France is just another level. He's that world-class version that you want to expect from him every week at United. And obviously, he doesn't have the same players at United that he does at, in France. But if you're one of the best players in the world to me, and I think Pogba has the potential to be one of the best midfielders in the world, at international level, he looks that way. And he was, I think, the best player for France in this tournament. That's my opinion. But, you know, when he's tracking back like this, and, you know, he's so creative on the ball, you know, forward passing, balls over the top, he can dribble the ball, he can shoot from outside the box. Get it free kicks, great service, motivated, honestly. You know, you dribble past players. And United, you get this not that often a season. Some games he looks like he's just like not even there, just passing around. Then he doesn't play games, he's always out. And it's just a circus over there. But he was just awesome in this tournament. But, you know, Kempembe, Varane, the whole defense. Letting their guard down. 3-1. 15 minutes to play. France blowing a 3-1 lead out here. Two goals in the last 15 minutes. Very nice goals. By the way. Especially the third one. For a memory. If that was the header one. Such a crazy game. I don't even remember. But then an extra time. Mbappe. Very good chance. Doesn't finish it. Had a tough tournament. And then in the penalty shootout. Some great penalties. I hate penalties. But... Mbappe, what a nightmare tournament for him compared to the World Cup where he was unbelievable. Missed the penalty, missed the clear-cut chance. Didn't have the best tournament. France out to Switzerland in the round of 16 as favorites. I cannot believe it. Unbelievable. That's a cup competition, though. It's a one-off thing. You got to play well every game. French national team allowing three goals. You got to question the tactics from Deschamps. Three, three men at the back. Uh, uh, three at the back. Uh, the three-five-two. I don't know. So I don't know if he'll still be the manager after this. He's been there for a good amount, uh, a, a good amount of years now. He's a French legend, obviously. Brought him the World Cup, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen from here on. This is a huge disappointment for them. They had such a stacked roster. But that's what happens in sports. That's what happens in football. That happens in a cup competition. So, there you go. Switzerland. Not, you got a credit to them, though. Jan Sommer probably had a great night last night. Wow. The whole Swiss team. They finally make it past the knockout, uh, win a knockout game, make it to their first ever Euro quarterfinal, and they de defeated... World champs. Unbelievable. You gotta give it to him. Never quitting. 
And now it's going to be interesting. It opens up for me. I mean, that sucks for me because N'Golo Kante's Ballon d'Or chances probably went out the window tonight. But, hey, better for England and Belgium. One of the main contenders is out. This England-Germany game today, I guess, for everybody else around the world. But for me, it's tomorrow. I am looking forward to that. Come on, England. I wouldn't be mad at Germany. I'm not no hater of Germany. I have some family that's German. Not, I'm not German, though, but I have some family that's German. Um, so I wouldn't be mad to see him win, but, man, I want England to get. This is a great chance for them to go real far. If they win this game, they play the winner of Ukraine and Sweden, and I would fancy them in that. So we'll see what happens. But Belgium, I'm all in for them, even though terrible blow. Eden Hazard and De Bruyne out next game. And, hey, you guys saw my boy EH10 out there last game. That was the game he looked most like himself in a long time. Dribbling past players, getting uh, fancy with his touches, accurate as well. Unbelievable. And just moving a little better. So we'll see. We will see about the games tomorrow. That's it for me tonight, guys. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers. Thanks for joining me. Your, my next video will probably be tomorrow. Talking about the Euro games as well as the Bucks and the Hawks. And then... Game six, man. We'll see. Peace out, y'all.